Hey, podcast, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shop Talk. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, we were able to catch up with Rowena Yeager at the Data Driven Summit. As you probably have noticed, we've had quite a few conversations from there. Rowena and Jen LeBlanc, who was two episodes prior to this one, um, shared a stage in the morning to open that event. And they shared their story. And their story was that they had met, not necessarily in a friendly way, because they both had two very different opinions about the way salons should be run. That probably sounds familiar. There's a lot of back and forth talk, whether you're a commission salon owner or a team-based salon owner, or, or more for independence or a suite owner. A lot of talk about that. And the reality is, is we're all trying to just get along inside of an industry and serve our clients. And Rowena and Jen had a happen conversation in a taxi cab. She'll share a little bit about that in this episode. And they were able to start to talk and ask each other questions, which is what we should be doing in this industry and see eye to eye. So John and I were really happy to get to catch up uh, with both of them. But in this conversation, Rowena and listen to what happened and listen to some of the other innovations and conversations that have started out because of their chance meeting in a taxi cab. So hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for listening and um, enjoy. So my name is Rowena Yeager. I am a salon owner from Cleveland, Ohio. My salon is Studio Wish. And I am here at Data Driven because I was the opening presenter for the show today. And what I loved about it was the conversation, the very real conversation. So you met Jen, you know, and started to have conversations about a topic that was kind of uncomfortable to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd love for you to share a little bit of that story because I think it led to today, right? Absolutely. It, it definitely led to today. I would say that, first off, a lot of times when we have that question that comes into our head of, you know, where do they go when they leave and should I do something? When you're a futuristic thinker, as soon as you hear the words like, should I do something or could I do something, someone else is already doing it. So if you want to be that pioneer and you want to be in the future of what's going on, if you've got that gut feeling that something's going to shift or change, trying to be on the front end of it, I think is a more comfortable place to be, even though you have to go through the pains to get there of whatever that may be, which is why I talk about that fear, which is false evidence appearing real, is really facing everything in rise. Because if we allow the fear to control what we don't know or don't understand, we may miss the opportunity to do something greater. So my belief on it is now that for many years there's been this line in the sand of you've got employee based and you have your independent contractors and it has been labeled booth runner and when you hear booth runner it's almost like this you know like almost black line yeah exactly yeah. it's like they've got this black mark on them and so my my thought used to be in that direction too because that was that's what we think as a collective and I started hearing more and more people that have opened two locations, having different situations going on. And the reality of what happened behind this, which is the behind the scenes story that I couldn't 100% tell on stages, I have an Ohio Salon Owner Networking Group that is 
a combination of many salon owners that are all employee-based. And one of the reasons they wanted to create it is because they missed TSA from back in the day when we had the Salon Association, right. which was all employee-based. And they said, why don't we create something like that in Ohio and just have employee-based salons? And I'm like, oh yeah, let's do that, let's do that. And soon as we did that, we started having salon owners that wanted to come in that were rental. And I'm like, oh. And I started feeling the pressure as the person that was leading this group of, I don't want to leave people out, so I much rather try to understand it because when PBA merged with NCA years ago, that was also a challenge because NCA is also at one point made up of more independent contractors. So there was this controversy over employee-based and independent contractors. Scott Buchanan and I sat down and we had a conversation and Scott said, you know, what if, he goes, I'm just gonna throw this out there, if we allow ourselves to open our minds to help these people learn how to run their own business, wouldn't that make more sense to understand why they're doing it and help them understand how to do it correct way instead of constantly condemning them and putting them in a box? This was years ago. So then when this situation happened with Jen, I had a friend that has a salon in her town that lost eight employees overnight. And guess where they went? Right, yeah. And they went to her salon. Ah. Yes, that was not their intentions when they opened it though. So that was the thing is that my heart was with my friend Mm -hmm. that just lost what she lost, which I have several salon owner friends that have gone through the same thing. You know, two, three o'clock in the morning, they're calling you crying, what the hell am I gonna do? And your heart reaches out to them. But in my business, when I've lost people, I've learned what did I do? Not what did they do that made them leave? It's like, what did I do that caused them to not want to be with me anymore or want to be part of our team or part of our culture? And I think when we have those open conversations about, you know, if you, if you feel like you want to go and do something else, then as long as it's to better yourself, I'm all for it. I'd much rather help you get there than try to chain you to a chair that you may not want to be chained to. Yeah. So, you know, the days of the golden handcuffs, I think, are gone. I think the reality of it happens that the situation when I met Jen and I literally did corner her in the cab because I'm like, oh, yeah, really, you want to share a cab with me? Oh, boy, this is going to be fun. So we get into the cab, and as soon as we got in the cab, I looked at her. I said, so I have a question for you. I said, I really want to try to understand something. I said, you know I'm friends with so-and-so. I want to know what happened. Why did you do that? Why would you, in your professional mind, have a employee-based salon and think you could run a rental place too. And she said, well, here's the thing. We started losing our employees to loss and to rental, and it became a challenge for us. We sat down to come up with a solution for us. The thought of what it would do to anyone else around us didn't occur because we were growing our salon from roots to ends. They were gonna grow their own stylus there. Then the next thing they know, it was full. They opened it and boom, it was full. And they were like, uh-oh. So, you know, in hindsight, I think that the conversation they could have had possibly with this other salon owner could have happened and been possibly different. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? The reality well, the is when we... the story is, is the demand was there for Correct. it. Right? So like... We, she filled the demand. Yeah. And we don't, we don't listen well to demand. I mean, when I was listening today to... I forget who put the statistic up. It might have been you guys, but I don't think it was that 96% of you know professional hair care products aren't bought in salons. To me, 
that's like we're not listening to the market and what they're saying like we're still fighting this battle to me that doesn't exist anymore it's you know i mean if 96 percent of my wife wants to leave me then that only four percent wants to stay with me i'm in i'm in bad shape right right so like you know the the solutions that they you know brought up today with as and this isn't necessarily for this discussion but it just has me thinking like we wait so, we wait, we let it get so painful before we change it's almost amazing uh, um, now you guys also brought up a couple of things that i thought were really like and and you said it from stage okay this is going to challenge your beliefs and ideas one of which was taking the front desk person away correct and this is something that's been you know it's starting to get a lot of airtime or with other podcasts with other educators uh and certainly on us and i know for you that was a new thing and i think you just walked through it this yeah. year. yes yes it is it is very new to us in the last several months actually and i'd been going in that direction and yeah. kind of setting it up for that yeah. but in my mind i was doing it as a slow process because yeah. jen's and i don't remember if she told this part of the story but the beautiful part of her story is that when COVID happened and they, we all had to close down and she went to reopen, she had, I don't know, several hundred clients that she needed yeah. to call back and reschedule appointments. And there was this debate on which date we were gonna be opening in Ohio. And she kept getting calls from her stylists and calls from clients going, okay, I heard we're gonna open on yeah. this date. Well, I don't know, the governor didn't say anything and right. she'd keep calling me. I do sit on Ohio State Board of Cosmetology. Right. I okay. don't have any inside information, right. just put that out there. But the reality is, is that she's like, did you watch today? So we're like hanging on TV every single day looking at you know yeah, what our governor's gonna say and do to open. And so she finally decided that she just sent out an email and she said, look, Here's how you're gonna make this work. I am sending you a link. If you want your time and your day to happen, you need to book your appointment online because this is, and she literally put in the email, this is how many people I have to call. You're one of them. Yeah. You're one. Yeah. If you wanna wait for me to call you and you be the one that I take the opportunity to book your appointment, yeah. you can, but if you wanna get the time that you want, you do this 93% yeah. booked their appointment themselves. 93% of their clients now continue yeah. to book themselves. So you took this as a hint? I went, damn, I missed the boat. <laughs> what I did. So I was like, well, when am I going to get that other opportunity? And so the other opportunity presented it myself when I had a thief at my desk. So having a thief at my desk was one of those, you know, something that was not good. But you change the way you look at things. The things you look at change. It was the most beautiful thing that could have happened at the perfect timing that it did. Because then it was like, all right, my entire team was like, well, we don't have anybody at the front desk. We know you had to fire Heather. We think she was taking tips. We knew yeah. this and this. Take her name out of that. So yeah. just saying. So, you know, we have this going on with money missing and tips are missing and deposits are missing. So let's just make sure that we get our clients taken care of. I'm like, all right, well, if you take care of scheduling your client's appointment, before they leave, if they haven't pre-booked already, that'll work. We've got tippy now, they can do their tips this way. All you need to do is make sure you, we're capturing their credit cards because the next time they come in, all you gotta do is one click, boom, they're rung out. They don't even have to stop at the front desk. Yeah. They literally can leave because we have their credit cards captured. Yeah. I actually know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with James Alba. 
Yeah. He also has Forest, and what they do is they actually ring their guests out. I think it's two days before their appointment. So they pre-ring them out before. And a lot of people are like, well, doesn't that mess with your retail? No, because now they have more money to spend when they come in because they already paid for their haircut. So now they're gonna spend money on retail. The retail actually increased. Yeah. It's yeah. our thinking yeah. that keeps that wall from what the possibilities could be. What were some, what were some of the growing pains, if you will, or, or some of the surprises of making this switch? I mean, it, you know, it obviously, uh, it came at a time that you didn't necessarily choose it, right? It was like you, you discover somebody's, you know, stealing from the front desk, you gotta make this decision to let them go. And you know, okay, I don't have anybody. Now does seem like a good time. But what, what were the growing pains or what were the surprises, if any, um, about making this transition? And do you plan to stay like this long-term? Like, are you going to oh, go yes. without bringing your front desk back? Yes, and, and, I'd, and I'd really like to point out that the front desk is a physical structure. Right, it's a thing. Correct. Right. So it, that piece of furniture yeah. still exists in my current location. Got it. We have a new thing coming that I can't talk a whole lot about okay. at the moment, mm -hmm. but we are going into the future without having that piece of furniture and we will no longer have it. I have employees right now that are assistants that started out of school that we've been training. We always train everybody on the front desk anyway. So the only thing that got added is they have to push a button and ring somebody out or they were already making their next appointment. And if they make their next appointment with this client while the client's in the chair, then they don't even really have to stop anywhere anyway. Right. Every single one of my employees has Forrest on their phone. So they can schedule appointments from their phone. We have iPads around the salon. They can schedule through the iPads. You can ring out through your phone. You can ring out through the iPad. So there's so many easy ways to do it and you can do it anywhere. So it makes it like Jen said, mobile. It's not like it has to be stationary in one place. So that's what she means by mobile is that it's mobile anywhere. And, um, you know, I just think that that is what really helped it. But trying to think of like what the biggest challenge really was or the biggest is hurdle. Is there any size salon that you think maybe it's, that wouldn't be a fit for? So here, here's the beautiful part about it it opens up the door and the opportunity to create a position that you may not have ever had before. So do you still need somebody to maybe be the director of your salon? Sure, but their job position may change. You may add other things into it. My belief is, is that we are no longer in the salon industry, we are in business. So why do we just focus on hair and spa services? Why aren't we focusing on doing other things? Because if we open additional rooms in our business where we can say, let's put in a salt room, let's put in a detox room, let's put in a meditation room, let's put in a room that has a treadmill and a bike and a Peloton for clients to take care of, let's put in a bar. You can come in and sit and have a bar. Let's have a library where you can read books and sell memberships, you know? And then, you know, every four or five weeks, you get your hair cut. Every six, eight, six, eight weeks, you get your hair cut. Every four weeks, you get your color done, whatever it may be, but you can come in and spend more time. Why does it only have to be when you're getting your hair done that yeah. you go to my location? Yeah. So my thoughts changed into, instead of it being what's my next and not being in the salon industry, what's my next and still include the hair, mm -hmm. nails, 
spa services and do something different. I, I actually know a business that has done this not just successfully, ridiculously successfully. I want their name. Florida. Oh yes. I, I'll have to get. Uh, because I love networking, as okay, you can tell. I'll, I'll find it for you. And it's some guys I used to do their hair. They started with a single location when I had a single location. And now they've grown into, they're just a powerhouse called the, called the um, Chicho Restaurant Group. Well, they took it, and because they're business, they have great business sense, they created a yoga studio. They yep. created a full membership gym. There's a hair salon in there now. Like, people just go there to hang out. It's a mega house. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, house of wish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and so um, so, so that's why my logo no longer has Salon on it. It's Studio, it's studio Wish. Wish. Yeah, so it's and Studio so Wish Inc. And so all the things that are encompassed in your, in your business now? Is it still just hair services? Currently, right now, it's hair. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. um, anything you feel like we've left on the table? I mean, you covered a lot of great information in there. Oh, I do have something I'd like to share. Yeah. So one of the th reasons that we ended up here was because we have been on an audio app called Clubhouse. Right. Oh, yeah, right. And Clubhouse has really opened up a huge world of communication that I think is so valuable at a time when we've been masked. We haven't had the ability to be able to use our voices. And now all of a sudden we have this app that we can connect with people all over the world not necessarily just within our industry, but outside of our industry. And I believe that that is one of the reasons that this pioneer piece is starting to really push forward in our industry, because we have tapped into an ability to have a resource where we can connect with anyone, anywhere. You can find people on their domaining, find people on there doing Bitcoin, find people talking about EFTs, um, finance, um, learning a new language, you just want to have lullaby music to go to sleep at night. I mean, there is a room 24 hours a day that you can find to listen to anything you want to listen to. So I listen to it as if I was listening to the radio. And to me, if it's a conversation I want to participate in, I'll participate in it. Simon Sinek, who I spoke about earlier, um, I've seen him on Clubhouse, been in a room with him. I mean, it's it, you have you have people that felt like they were untouchable at one point in time that are now touchable. Um, there's a gentleman, his name is Bob Berg, that wrote a book called The Go-Giver. Don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I became fascinated by it several, many, many years ago. And I loved the book so much that I reached out, I wanted to know the author. So I had reached out to him, got to know him, and we've been talking about that particular book on Clubhouse, and one of my friends that's also on Clubhouse bought the book, tagged me in it, posted on Instagram, and I said, you know what? I wonder if he's on Clubhouse. So I look him up, I message Bob Berg because I happen to have his cell phone number. And I said, Bob, I said, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I said, just wanted to say hello. And you know, one of my really good friends just bought your book and we've been talking about you on Clubhouse. And I'm just wondering, are you by chance available to do an interview on Clubhouse? And he's like, absolutely, I remember you and I would love to do that. So he just messaged me back yesterday and said, let me know when, yeah, let's make it happen. Right. So, you know, it, it's open communication across all planes that it's, it goes back to what I was saying earlier when I was on stage of, we don't need lines anymore. We don't need boxes anymore. The only way that there's boxes that exist are the ones that we create. So if we don't create a box, one doesn't exist. So keep the lines of communication open. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That was great. Thank you Thanks. so much. Yeah. My pleasure. You got it. Boom. And that was great.
Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to that episode with Rowena. We really love that quick conversation and are looking forward to having her back for a full conversation. With that said, just wanted to give salon owners as well as stylists a quick reminder. So we launched a course for salon owners and managers called Salon Business Blueprint. Now, not bragging, but the guy I work with owns a $10 million salon group. This is a person, Brian Perdue, that you want to learn from. So if you're a salon owner looking for a place to go for education that you can learn on your own time from your own house, um, check out the 124goacademy.com and have a look at the Salon Business Blueprint. We priced it very attractive so any owner in the country could just click on that website and afford to learn with us, spend some time with us, deep dive with us. Also, stylists, for just a few more days, I don't even know what the date is today. Oh, it's Halloween as I'm recording this. For just a few more days, I've got Shop Talk for free. You can go to 124goacademy.com and download your copy of Shop Talk. Shop Talk's a book I wrote in 2015 that has all of the secrets of basically how I created a six-figure income behind the chair for a lot of years. Um, And there's a lot of wisdom in that book. I learned those things from a lot of mentors. I didn't make any of it up. Um, And so if you're looking to grow your income behind the chair or maybe looking to help coach your team to the next level as well, Go ahead, go to 124goacademy.com. Whether you're an owner or a stylist, there's something there for you. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.